0: This is a podcast from 3 R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne.
1: Truly independent community radio.
0: Zero-G. G'day, welcome aboard the Starship Zero G Science Fiction fantasy and historical radio for episode number one, two, three, six, entitled, "Pik Pikachu. Did I say that right? Pikachu. (laughs) Pikachu. (laughs) Pikachu. (laughs) Pikachu.
1: It's
0: like a sneeze, like
1: Pikachu. (laughs) Exactly. But you have to say it real cute. That's kind
0: (laughs) of the... I am Rob Jan.
1: And Megan McHugh.
0: And our podcast title today is, and I actually feel like I should be dancing for this one, Bahubali Potty Potty Boom Boom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. Nice. The, the, the context of that is We're going to talk about um, uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu Yes Pokemon and,
1: Detective Pikachu
0: Yes And also Bahubali Which is an Indian Fantasy film mm. And in every... Indian film, there's a, a song that goes, um, chitty chitty boom boom. <laughs> I swear, it's, it's, it's a universal lyric, and it may actually have something to do with a flying car, like chitty chitty bang bang, I don't know, but I thought potty potty boom boom would, would work as well, in scan wise, and filk song wise, and lyrics, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, before we begin, would anybody like to get out? No. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, there's a couple of things we want to talk about first. Um, oh,
1: yes. So, just I thought just as a little pre-show rundown, I uh, did notice that Wandering Earth is on Netflix now, mm-hmm. um, and as people have sort of been jumping on that, because it was dropped with a bit of l- very little fanfare, um, and so people have sort of discovered it and spreading the word. We covered that on the show. Would that have been a couple of months ago? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that's... Um, Chinese epic sci-fi. So mm-hmm. check that out on Netflix. Um, you quite like that, didn't you?
0: I did. It's a lot of fun. Mm. Um, some of it is from a Western point of view, a bit cliched, but this is—it's really based upon uh, one of the the great Chinese science fiction writers, yeah. his work, and it's crazy.
1: I mean, and yeah.
0: The title says it all. It is a big science fiction film.
1: And they put a lot into it, don't they? Like, they really yeah. throw themselves at the concept. So. Oh, absolutely. So, that's good that that's readily available to Netflix subscribers now. The other brief thing I did just want to mention, obviously, and we're not going to talk too much about it because I want to avoid spoilers. And you Remember, Rob,
0: I've only seen first season.
1: Exactly. So, Rob's quite behind on the Game of Thrones train. Um, there are trains? But, <laughs> um, No, everybody just gets around on foot. Well, these days they just seem to fast travel from one place to another, but that's another story.
0: Can they fly on dragons? Do they fly?
1: Yes, there is dragon flying, but only certain people can do that. Oh,
0: well, okay. This is first class.
1: Exactly. But, I mean, (laughs) I I hope you'll still catch up maybe one day. I think it has a lot to offer, but it has suffered from, personally, I think some of the issues of being so popular, and it's sort of at the point now, this is the pointy end of things. We've got two more episodes left. Um, And this is the final season, so season eight. So I think it feels a bit rushed at the moment. They're really trying to wrap things up. Things that would have been stretched out to two seasons are now happening off screen, basically. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to shout out to everybody who's uh, riding that wave, which I'm pretty sure is almost everyone and everyone who is likes to talk about (laughs) Game of Thrones. Um, But, yeah, final two episodes. So we'll see how they go. It's been of mixed quality this season, in my opinion. Did did they
0: know they were being closed down? Or?
1: Yeah, so I think it's by choice. It's actually reached the point now where the TV show has surpassed where the novels were at, ah. and so there's been some creative decisions made and, and whatnot, and I'm sure with the consultation of George R. R. Martin, because it's not happening without his consultation, but there's been some interesting choices and there's been a bit of, of um, back, backlash about um, portrayal of the female characters and some of the character choices, which which I do agree with, so if you're all over that or if you're not you know, look it up. I think there's been a lot, quite a lot of discourse and discussion around it. Isn't so. there?
0: Isn't there a lot of anti undead sentiment in this? Show? Yeah, I
1: mean, and you know, we're not about that here. No. I mean, I feel like if I mean, look, the un- the choices the undead make in this, uh, I think it's all right to be anti undead in this case. I but. still
0: I still think that it'll all end with the um, with the undead uh, winning basically, and they <laughs> should because the humans are obviously rubbish.
1: Oh yeah, and, and humans they fight are so
0: much amongst themselves.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's it. It's a Game of Thrones, right? And it's just created a whole uh,
0: zombie rights is issue. What I say.
1: Anyway, we'll discuss this once you're uh, up to date. But, but I reckon. Just, <laughs> but just
0: back up a bit there. I was just wondering. Um, so, okay, they've, they've they've gone beyond George Martin's books. Yes. And so he hasn't finished the books yet.
1: No. So that that book will still come out. It's a le- I, yeah. So I'm not really sure how that's all going to so work. They can't,
0: they can't end it. The way he's going to end it because he's not there yet.
1: well, it's one of the strangest things. I don't think there's been very many instances where someone's story has finished in another medium before the original medium.
0: Hmm. It's very odd. Well, comic books, of course, but um... but it's
1: still not quite it's not quite the same, is it? It's... No,
0: it's a bit strange there. So are they going to do you know that's that says to me that somewhere along the way in the future, They might pick it up again if they can.
1: Well, I'm sure it's going to be spin-off territory. There's already discussion about Targaryen spin-off series, Ah. um, things like that. And so, you know, they don't want to give up that money
0: train. No. And there's the trains again.
1: I know. Do you know what I actually saw?
0: Somebody um, uh, analysed the MCU movies from the point of view of how many trains they could see in them. Yeah. There's always one.
1: Actually <laughs> has to, yeah has I, to do
0: has to do that a train spotter who's going to say but it's, it's a train.
1: It's such a good medium too for fight scenes and stuff like that. I
0: I think uh that that like peak trains were um uh uh to Captain America uh, Civil War I think or yeah Civil hmm. War or Winter Soldier one of the two there's a train that they have to stop in that and also Captain Marvel there's a yeah, fight course. on a train the famous
1: Captain Marvel a- and train. they
0: got really excited when they saw space trains in Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy
1: so, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I love what people like to do with their spare time and I mean oh, yeah. that sincerely I think do you know what I
0: was doing yesterday while well, I was watching one of the movies that I'm talk about today um I had a computer open, of course, uh, with my notes and that. But I was also trying to find out which West Wing actors from the West Wing yep, series yep. had action figures. Oh. So I started this comment theme on um, Wingnuts, which is a West Wing fan yep.
1: site.
0: <laughs> <and> doing <laughs> like West that. Wing Action figures for, for actors who didn't have West Wing action figures. Yes, but have but done they had, other things. And there's so many Star Trek actors that have appeared on it, so it mm. was easy. <laughs> Interesting. That's just, I don't know, where the hell are we going here? We're going to say uh, Avengers Endgame is now up to $2.48 billion at the box office.
1: That's a lot of money.
0: It only needs to get $3 billion only, needs to get $3 billion and then it'll be like Avatar. And I did hear that. Game it, over, man.
1: It didn't topple Titanic in terms of some of the takings that Titanic took.
0: But all that money, if Titanic could take <laughs> if takings.
1: Titanic could take, yeah. <laughs> I think I read somewhere that yeah, it's not going to surpass that success in the time, like the time it's been out already.
0: But it has actually already topped their box office. Yeah, well, you know, so I don't so,
1: really know what. The...
0: You know, they they sunk that. Um, but yeah, I don't know where were we.
1: <laughs> yes, I digress. So those were my two quick quick notes. Wandering Earth, check that out if you're interested. It's on Netflix now. Hmm. Um, and at some point when Rob maybe does watch Game of Thrones, we will discuss that at more length.
0: All right. Well, we babbled on a bit there so megan (laughs) i I have two two questions yes um i've had a pleasant time whenever i've accidentally caught a pokemon episode on telly ah
1: yes
0: and i've often thought it would have been the kind of television show i really would have been hooked on when i was young if i was around if it was around then Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: um so i don't actually have a collection of pokemon's apart from a pikachu as a a pet avenger team set sort of thing amongst those (laughs) so good um And I do know one thing about this film that Rob Letterman directed it.
1: Yes, correct.
0: And he directed my very first favourite modern 3D film. The first time I saw the new 3D process in a cinema was Monsters vs. Aliens. Mm -hmm. And he did a hell of a job in 2009. So I'm, I'm stoked to hear what you have to tell us
1: about this. Yes, so I did trot off to see Pokemon Detective Pikachu. And this is sort of something that appeared out of the ether. It's a bit of a strange concept in that obviously it's built up off uh, Pokemon, which is sort of um, – it's so much more than just TV or games. It's kind of a phenomenon now. Obviously, Pokemon Go came out in the last um, recent times and has sort of, you know, after initial um, popularity died off a bit, but there's definitely still a good amount of people using that app.
0: Yes, st- they're still running, that game. Yeah, and they've made okay. a lot
1: of uh, additions and improvements and things um, oh. I'm
0: looking around the room because I'm wondering, is there a Pokemon in, in the Triple R Studios? Actually,
1: I think... Oh, I don't know if there's a Jimmy uh, um, Pokestop. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I got quite into Pokemon Go. I'm shouting a little. I got quite into Pokemon Go when it first came out. Then I died off a little. I think that happened to a lot of people. But I think there's still it still has quite a lot to offer. Um, and obviously... In amongst the umbrella of Pokemon uh, properties, there's the very successful video game series. And then, of course, there's TV show, which is sort of like an anime. And the origins obviously lie in Japan. So it's Japanese property, I guess you'd call it at this point. It's like its own thing. Uh, and Pokemon does is short version of pocket monsters is the origin of that term. Um, So basically, this movie, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, it's a live action thing and it's... Directed by Rob Letterman, as you mentioned, whose credits do include Monsters vs. Aliens, The Goosebumps Movie, and Shark Tale. Hmm. Yeah, so he's sort of definitely firmly standing within this little area of um, fun kids' films, interesting premises, things like that. So I actually haven't seen any of his other films. Uh, This is the first one of his that I've really watched. Uh, It was written by Dan Hernandez and Benji Samet. And the stars, so... What I really enjoyed about this, and this is such a minor, not a minor note, but I did like that um, the main character was still a person of colour. He's played by Justice Smith. He plays a character called Tim Goodman. Um, And Ryan Reynolds plays Detective Pikachu. So if you've seen the trailer for this, they're really kind of riding on Ryan Reynolds' popularity at this time. He's, you know, done such a great job with Deadpool and things like that, that he's kind of... He can carry these films now, and I think he's a pretty good box office draw if the Pokemon stuff isn't enough, which it really should be because this is very, very good fan service for anyone who is a fan of Pokemon in any way, shape, or form. It's a bit of a where's Wally of which Pokemon is that, which is quite fun. Um, (laughs) Are we,
0: like, going to get a Fantastic beast bestiary for the Pokemon?
1: Well, I mean, the Pokedex, I mean, you can look that up right now, Rob. Okay. But... um, Uh, some of the other players we have in this is Catherine Newton. She plays Lucy Stevens. Bill Nighy plays um, a character called Howard Clifford. And Ken Watanabe, which I didn't realise he was going to be in this, his Japanese actor, he plays Lieutenant Hide Yoshida. So your basic premise of the film is there's a city where Pokemon and humans live in harmony together. Uh, and it has been built by Bill Nye's character, Howard Clifford. And so in there's sort of different elements of how Pokemon are integrated in the film. You've got Pokemon trainers are still a thing here. It's not, It was so interesting just thinking about someone sitting down in a room and saying, this is what we're going to do with this movie. It is based off of there's a detective Pikachu already exists. Um and so, basically, most of our most of our time is spent within the confines of this city. And people have their Pokemon partners. And I was thinking about what I would, what Pokemon I would like to have as my Pokemon partner. I wasn't too sure. Haven't finally decided yet. Um, but obviously, there's a mystery. This is a detective. Film, quote unquote, and there's an unusual partnership between our main character Tim and Detective Pikachu, and they've got to unravel a mystery about what has happened to Tim's father, and there's sort of a big conspiracy and whatnot.
0: Do you know you've just a described foot. the policy? The uh, the not the policy ah elections. stuff, you've just described the uh, the plot of Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
1: Yes, well, so this is another thing. Is this could have been a epic train wreck in that. Um, just for so many reasons, but I really enjoyed this movie. It's not going to blow minds or, you know, it's not going to be like your next Guardians of the Galaxy that came out of nowhere and became, like, one of the most popular movies in a franchise, but it is a lot of fun. I actually think you would think seeing Pokemon, like, made up to be sort of real-ish looking, it's a bit uncanny valley if that's a thing, that's not like...
0: But it's they're kind not, of not the same. They're thing, not real to start with. It's yeah, like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. You've got no comparison. It
1: would be weird. See, so, yeah, it's not Uncanny Valley at all, really. But it's you'd think you'd feel weird about it. But I was fine with it because it's Pokemon. Sort it's not a, like
0: a, a pokey a peninsula. A weirdly done
1: human, and I didn't feel as weird about it as the Akita when we watched Battle Angel. Ah, yes. Because um, these are all furry, fun critters. And like I said before, if you've got favourite Pokemon, it's kind of fun to sort of nut that out. And to be honest, the way the plot goes, it's got decent amount of momentum, doesn't waste any time messing about. And by the time you realise, you know, it gets to the climax, I think it's all pretty well paced, all things considered. Um, and it hits all the notes that you would expect. It doesn't try to get too emotional, although there's some emotional overlay, um, which, I mean, you always got to have that. It's you know it's also a story about Tim figuring out who he really is and all that stuff. Um, does Does Ryan
0: Reynolds speak or does yes. he just go pika-pika?
1: Well, yes, he speaks. So okay. part of the thing is that Pikachu and Justice Smith's um, character Tim can understand each other. And is there,
0: so, is there any Deadpool sort of? feeling about any
1: of this i mean ryan reynolds is one of those actors who and don't get me wrong like i love jeff goldblum but in everything jeff goldblum is a little bit jeff goldblum and Uh i think in everything ryan reynolds is just a little bit ryan reynolds so yes you can tell it's him and he's doing his shtick but it does work and i think the juxtaposition of it coming out of pikachu's mouth could have been a train wreck Mm -hmm. but works okay from my opinion but i went in having pretty much no expectations of what i wanted from this film um and yeah on the note of the pokemon effects it's definitely not in the line of like the whole sonic the hedgehog debacle um (laughs) have you seen those pictures they're doing a sonic movie
0: i'm sort of lost at the moment i I followed a i went to the poker decks that you told me yes i'm on the one for pikachu and i'm following this down the rabbit hole of comment threads about how much voltage can pikachu generate
1: oh yes his powers and such (laughs) no no well i mean this is the world like this is a very finely um detailed world that's kind of been built over many many years so it's a lot of fun to see some of that rendered on screen um The credits are really good. I think the credits are really cool. At the end, they've kind of got... They go back to the anime style and... um, It's weird, but the the film is quite fun. The premise is weird. The story isn't anything special. But I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else to say. It was, I mean... Yeah, I Is don't, it a yeah? No, maybe. It's a yeah. I think if okay. you're a Pokemon fan, you'll definitely enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think if you have some spare time and just want to see something silly, go along to it. Otherwise, I mean, I'm not saying rush out to it by any means, but um, yeah, I dug it. I didn't demand my money back or anything. <laughs> oh, well, that's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> yeah, I know, right.
0: Is it? Do they address at any stage the issue of... Um, uh, Pokeball incarceration of um, unwilling creatures.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, it's sort they of do? not, it's not really about that. It's not really about Pokemon, okay. Pokemon training. Ah. It's about something else. Okay. So it's sort of, it's because it's set in this different city. Um, it's not really about Pokemon training, but it's still about Pokemon, if that makes sense. It's
0: always about Pokemon mm. training. <laughs> it's
1: always. About, yeah. Is Ash in it? Sorry? Ash. No. No. Okay. No.
0: Oh, Ash. please tell me that Team Rocket are in it.
1: No, see, this is... No. Oh,
0: that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> if my team Rocket are not in there...
1: I actually I'm think... I'm blasting
0: it, out of here again.
1: <laughs> I think you'd enjoy it too. I, I <laughs> okay. would think that uh, if, yeah, if you ever have any time... A spare time. See what you think.
0: <laughs> what, what, after a free hour session of Endgame or something? I yeah, want I, I want something... <laughs>
1: On a movie day. Different.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, oh,
1: Diplo is in it. Diplo? Diplo yeah. plays a DJ in it.
0: Oh, Diplo the DJ. Is he a Pokemon?
1: He's... <laughs> It is a bit of a Pokemon name, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Pokemon, Detective Pikachu.
0: Well, I want to play a, a Team Rocket song.
1: Yeah, do it. Which is on actually. the
0: CD that I've got there. <laughs>
1: that I've pre-prepared. Yeah,
0: just just happened to have there. And this actually was um, a, a CD uh, uh, called... Well, the track I want to play is uh, Double Trouble, which is track nine on the CD. Well, I'm sure you would need to know that. It's a Pokemon 2BA master music from the hit TV series. Love it. Uh, and I just love Jesse and James and Meow the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I, they're just, just my favourite characters. a lot to offer. Yeah. All right, let's do it. That's Double Trouble.
1: Hmm. Broadcast mode. This is Crichton, the service android aboard the Starship Zero-G on 3 FM. SOS! SOS! Mayday! Help! I am being held captive by rogue makeup artists who want to cover my face in plaster and latex rubber. Panic mode. Get me the hell out of here!
0: And we had a little bit of Pokemon yes. television soundtrack, uh, Double Trouble. Double Oof. Trouble. Team Rocket. Team Rocket. Well, that's actually three. Because it's it's um, Jesse and James and Meow the cat, so they're just ignoring the cats like Chewbacca at the um, award ceremony in A New Hope. Yeah, never to get that award. (laughs) Uh, Actually, was remiss at the start of the show. We played a track called Avengers Endgame, which was from uh, Epic Ninja, Uh and um, it was a a single that they did with no spoilers in it too. By the way, (laughs) actually the the the, the trailers that they're popping out now online for Endgame are very spoilery.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. there's. I saw something pop up in my feed and I was like, really?
0: Yeah, that's pretty... That much? Yeah, it's telling you everything. I
1: basically. suppose they're assuming that anyone who cares a lot about it will have seen it already, but... Mm.
0: <sighs> well, the, because a lot of the sessions have been packed out, it doesn't necessarily mean you can get to see them.
1: Yeah, exactly. F- filled with people seeing it for the second time, like us. <laughs>
0: Or third time, <laughs> exactly. Actually. All right, uh, rolling over into another Netflix um, movie that's on now. Uh, two movies actually, mm-hmm. and I've also seen it on DVD. Yes, right. Uh,
1: and
0: it is called. Now this is um, this is epic, <laughs> Bahu Bali, the beginning, <laughs> and the second movie is called Bahu Bali Two. The conclusion.
1: Love it. Simple, straightforward, <laughs> straightforward, clear.
0: The first movie is from 2015. Uh, it is an Indian movie, so there is subtitled. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's directed by S.S. Rajamuli, uh, whose full name is uh, Koduri Sri Saliya uh, Sri Rajamuli, also known as S.S. Rajamuli, as I just said, mm-hmm. but abbreviated thankfully to SSR. So when I say SSR from now on, that will be my code for the director. Okay. He's a screenwriter, director and many other things actually who primal- primarily works in Telugu cinema, which is to say Tollywood in South India. And these are all movies that are done in the Telugu language. Mm-hmm. So this is a po- as opposed to Bollywood, but not, you know, in well, it is in rivalry with Bollywood. Oh, I love it. So they've been making films uh, in in um, uh, that area since the early 20th century, mm-hmm. because it, cinema came quite early to um, to India. Now SSR is known for directing fantasy movies, uh, Magad in 2009 and Iga in 12, and these two movies, first one which came out in 2015 and 17. Uh, have the honour of being the highest-grossing Indian multilingual film franchise of all time globally. Um, although that doesn't actually translate to much in normal box office. I think combined, um, two hundred and seventy US million. You know, which is pocket change for some of the other movies. Yeah. Which is not saying anything against it. That's just um, where it sits. Uh, Probably more importantly, it was nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Fantasy Film, which is one of those um, assorted uh, film sort of awards that go for genre. Ah.
1: (laughs) It's
0: the American Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Films. Uh, The second one, I think, got the um, Telstra People's Choice Award at the 2017 Indian Film Festival of Melbourne. Okay, cool. I wish I'd seen it on a big screen, actually, because... Well, bigger screen than the telly I was watching on, anyway. Uh, he's also done... The SSI's also done sports drama films, what they call social problem films, mm-hmm. and also uh, a few other melodramas as well. Some of these have been remade in various in, in Indian languages, so they've been quite successful, which is crazy when you think about it. You've got one country, and you make it in one language, and then you remake it, and ah. Yeah.
1: It's just
0: like, oh, wow. Okay, um, in case you're wondering, uh, Bahubali means um, the one with strong arms. And why did I choose these films? Because apart from the fact that they're really, really successful, Mm. they are fantasy films. So, you know, we're in Zero G's fantasy turf there. Yep. Uh, And they actually, I know they're not supposed to, but they read like superhero films. Yeah. Basically. They're in that sort of mode. Just like um, Waxia films uh, in Asia are often sort of fulfilled with characters who are so superhuman, they must be like powered.
1: Yeah, exactly. Even
0: if the power comes out of a, a drinking gourd or something like a drunken <laughs> drinking master. Gourd. Yeah, so um, really hard for me to explain these films but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, there is a character called Sivadu who is basically like sort of a um, kind of a like a, a favoured child of um, Shiva.
1: Okay.
0: Um, a little bit like Hercules.
1: He he does look a bit like Hercules,
0: too, actually. Um,
1: So, like, buff?
0: (laughs) Very buff. Uh, They're all... They're absolutely... Everyone in this is absolutely um, gorgeous in terms of being buff and so on. Yeah. So it starts with uh, a woman who's been wounded in the back with an arrow. She's staggering by a waterfall, a Mm. really humongous waterfall that's coming from a mountain that basically is, like, called Water Mountain because it's just all water coming down it. Yeah, right. She's being pursued by soldiers... Uh, And she's carrying a baby in her arms. And we will find out that this baby is not her baby. Um, Mm. Even though she's been shot, uh, she ambushes both of her attackers and kills them with her own swords. (laughs) But then she slips and falls into the river.
1: Oh, God.
0: (laughs) She grabs onto a submerged branch and calls upon Lord Shiva uh, with a bargain, her life for the boys. Ah. Classic. Shiva hears her as she's drowning and she's holding the baby aloft with one hand uh, and some passing um, woodcutters.
1: Ah, right. They
0: see her and they rescue the baby and then the woman vanishes into the waves. The
1: great sacrifice. The great
0: sacrifice. In a very quick montage. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been two
1: minutes into the film. <laughs> two minutes
0: into the film. Yeah, they don't muck around in these films. Um, the The boy has... Uh, we see the boy growing up mm-hmm. and he's... Um, become part of a a, a small local kingdom. Um, There are kings everywhere in India at this stage. It's set in the Middle Ages, basically. Um, And he wants to climb up this water mountain to reach a special cave that he's had pointed out to him that he's Mm -hmm. never been able to reach. And he climbs it, like, hundreds of times each time
1: That's some kind of, you know...
0: It's a challenge, a test. Uh, There are a lot of those tests in this movie, actually, that sort of thing. Uh, And eventually, when he does become a big boof sort of bloke. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes it. And he's trying to impress his adopted mother, um, who's, uh, sorry, his mother, who's the, the woman who's you adopted raised, him. yeah raised yeah, him, yeah, his yep. non-biological mother. Sure. Um, who doesn't actually feature a lot in this movie, actually, after this. <laughs> uh, but he, at one stage, and this is another thing about fantasy movies, Indian fantasy movies, and it's pretty much across the board for all of them, Sometimes it can be hard to work out whether you're seeing a fantasy sequence Okay Or uh, a magic reality one that's supposed to actually be taking place Got it,
1: yeah, okay And it's
0: usually something to do with romance
1: Yeah, right
0: And up the top of the waterfall, he sees this absolutely stunning woman dancing in the waterfall Yeah But she's also transparent, so she may not be real (laughs) And uh, he leaps a chasm to be with her and, you know, and so on. Got it. And you find out that she's magical. But while she, he's dreaming, or perhaps dreaming about this woman, a real woman, another one, is being chased by soldiers. Oh. Uh, who And she turns out to be a, a rebel. I'm, I'm giving you this kind of background because I feel like I need to set this up before it gets crazy. Okay. Uh, her name's uh, Avanti. And, again, she is another um, ass booting Sheila of, yep, of the type it. in these. Got to
1: have one in, in these.
0: Uh, And eventually our uh, Savuti will fall in love with her and events will proceed. Mm -hmm. Now, she Mm -hmm. has a quest. Um, She is charged, amongst others, with going to the city of Mm Mashamata, which is a a great big sprawling place, and rescuing Queen Devansina. And it's kind of uh, a family drama, this, as many... Epic Indian stories are, uh-huh. because we will find out that uh, Sivita, Sivudu is um, actually someone else. Uh, right. Because of uh, course you've got that whole thing of the the the, the, the child raised by strangers. Yes. Yep, yep. Uh, where did he come from? Yeah, right. So there's a whole look. Look, not, not Edipend, a shortcut. Though. No, no, there's a shortcut here. He's, he's a member of the, um, the royal family.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. Of we saw this coming. We saw this coming. Even in your description. <laughs> in the
0: description we saw this coming. And if I tell you that there's a moment when um, uh, one of the royal family holds their child up to the populace <laughs> to present them to them.
1: Yeah, right, And that right, there's right. a
0: scheming <laughs> uncle. Just as we were talking about Roger Rabbit yes, with Pokemon. Yes, Lion King. The Lion King yep. is in play here. Um, now... This film has flashbacks,
1: mm-hmm.
0: extended ones, like for the whole movie, and they don't signpost them or label them in any way. I
1: hate an unclear flashback.
0: Um, you work it out pretty quickly, but don't expect them to say uh, 20 years earlier or anything like that. Sure. So you just It's jump. not in
1: sepia colour or anything no. like that. <laughs>
0: and the worst thing is they get the same actors to play their fathers oh. and it's like nah. who, where am I now sorry well nah. I actually managed to work out a couple of ways to keep track of it by yeah, like okay. costumes and stuff yeah yeah yeah. because there's like this um this uh older guy who is like a, a slave sort of uh, all sorts of things but he wears this knitted chain mail that that frays when he's older okay and he's got a beard that goes white so <laughs> it's like I'm <laughs> Uh, is, that's okay. So, that, look, there's a lot of palace intrigue in this. It's mm-hmm, an Indian mm-hmm. film. Um, and I say I don't say the word crazy lightly, but it is kind of like that. Frenetic. Frenetic. Yeah, the pace is incredible. I'll give you a bit of the soundtrack here, mm-hmm. um, which is um, from the, uh, the soundtrack of the film. Uh, it's called Jal Rahin Hain, and it's by Kalash Kerr. And it's from Bahubali, The Beginning, so it's the first film. Uh, and they've labelled it Bollywood, which is not right, but never mind. This is Neil Gaiman. It's well past 2000 AD, but Tharg still listens to Zero G. Yeah, Jal Rahin Hain there. We've, well, actually, that, that is the name of the song by uh, K- with um, Kailash Kerr there from the soundtrack of Bahubali, The Beginning. Mm two-part movie on Netflix, epic, epic, <laughs> absolutely epic, uh, Telugu or Tollywood movie, uh, mm-hmm. subtitled of course in the uh, in English, um, it's done in the Telugu la- language, actually it might also be done in Hindi as well, I'm not sure. Um, okay, so this is directed by SS Rajamuli, SSR as we're calling him, and um, it was his, actually his father who gave him the idea for this epic film. Uh, he's told him a couple of stories Mm -hmm. and uh, his father actually is also a uh, director and writer Um, uh, KV Vijayendra Prasad um, and um, he's the one who told him the story but SSR was also fascinated with the Amar Chitra Katha comics Mm -hmm. and these are very big in India founded in 1967 Um, comic books um uh, about uh, mythology, kings, and battles. So this is kind of uh, inspired the the movie and infused its spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've ever seen these Indian comic books? They're about they're like sort of digest size. Uh, they're not, not not big. Kind um, of like A4. manga. Yeah, they, you can pop them in your pocket sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and they they are They say that they're not superheroes really, but oh my God, they re- they read it as as superheroes. <laughs> now, um. Uh, His father, of course, uh, is an Indian film screenwriter and director as well. So he's got this whole kind of thing, and he did like 25 films that he wrote, which all sort of ended up being blockbusters too. So this was the the most expensive Indian film at the time of its release. It cost about $26 US to make, which is a lot in India. Yeah. Uh, And as we said, it, it, it busted the box office at $94 million US... Uh, worldwide for them you know this is a it's a big deal uh, lots and lots of things that it won and as i said there's a, a second part now um the actors in this uh, these are sort of uh, telugu cinema actors very well known there and um you know when you read their bios they, they come out in that typical sort of indian sort of Boosterish sort of thing about, you know, the most successful, sure, yeah. you know, the highest paid, etc. Yeah. And it's all wonderful, actually. i kind of you know, amused by that. <laughs> uh, but they all have this, like, sing- they're all known by single names,
1: mm. you know.
0: So, um, uh, Prabhas plays um, both, two characters in this, uh, the father and the son, the title character Bahubali, um, he's a, a, an Indian film actor who's done a lot of um, Telugu cinema, born in 1979, so quite a young man. Done, uh, done a lot of martial arts to do this film and buffed up and everything. Love it. Uh, he's got the, the whole thing, the the, the the rich black hair. Yeah, and,
1: the which, look. Which they love to foof up,
0: you know. <laughs> it, Get
1: some volume in there.
0: And, and breezes inexplicably oh, yeah. play across yeah. his hair. Just the head part,
1: nothing when he, else. When he's
0: indoors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, closed room. So, and there's a lot of slow motion in this and posing like a manga. Oh, yeah, power pose. Power poses, yeah. Uh, and he does a great job. And he, the thing that he brings to both of those roles, real enthusiasm. Mm. Uh, a gen, you know, you, they, they could they could almost dub a, uh, or Matt, in a sparkle in his eye and it wouldn't yeah, be out of place. yeah. Uh, He is just this great, big, larger-than-life hero. He's nice to his mum. He's
1: owning it. (laughs) He
0: owns it. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I I don't think... uh, Kevin Sorbo did the same thing in the Hercules shows.
1: I love Hercules. This
0: guy guy really is there for this part, and he's great.
1: With the right tone, if they're having fun with it and really leaning in, it's enjoyable for everyone. This is
0: nothing but a fun film. It does get bogged a little down in the palace intrigue occasionally. Yeah, sure. But that's... What the nature of an epic Indian film is Really <laughs> And it is very intriguing And very nasty and, and evil And you can hear the audience almost going oh! These <laughs> things happen
1: That's so good
0: Yeah Okay there Now um, we also have uh, uh, Rana Dagubati
1: mm-hmm.
0: Sorry Dagubati Playing Bahala Diva And his relative The same, Another dual role Okay. Now he's another um, Indian actor who's been a producer and a visual effects coordinator as well. Oh cool. Um but he made his acting debut and then uh went on to do all sorts of strange things including now how he plays a lot of villains, right? He mm-hmm. has that look. He has that scowling look.
1: okay, yeah. Very fierce. Right, right.
0: How villainous is he? Well, He's the Telug-speaking actor who was chosen to dub Thanos for the Indian release of Avengers Infinity War and Endgame.
1: Okay. So here we have
0: Thanos, (laughs) not not so purple, Uh, although many uh, baskets full of colour are thrown around on the screen, as in most Indian films in this, but not purple. (laughs) Uh, We have um, uh, Anushka Shetty playing um, Devasena, uh, who's the main character's biological mother. Um, short name is uh, Sweetie Shetty. Nice. You know, they were nicknames. Uh, she's been in so many things, um, played a lot of roles in uh, fantasy movies mm-hmm. there, and was also a queen in uh, the historical epic uh, Rudram Devi. And, again... You know, she is actually the highest-paid actress in South Indian cinema, and you can see why because she's really good in this. Okay, cool. Um, we were talking about the uh, the Ask booting Sheila earlier mm-hmm. on, um, Avanthika, and uh, she's played by Tamanaha Bhatia, again another famous actress in the area, uh, a bit younger than the other one, the, than the, the previous one, so she doesn't have quite as much experience. Yeah. But uh, a film that she did to uh, call out to is Bengal Tiger in oh, 2015. Yeah. I don't think she played the tiger. <laughs> that know uh, wolf. And she's the first actress from India who was nominated at, sat- at the Saturn Awards, the oh, Science cool. Fiction Awards for Best Supporting Actress. She didn't win it, but, you know, still. Okay, it's one, good to be nominated. It's good to be there. <laughs> Another person of interest in this film is... Uh, uh, Saf Yaraj, who plays Katapa. Now, Katapar is the um, uh, the guy who gets called an uncle in this film. He's the guy who was wearing the knitted chainmail I was telling you about. Yeah. Which is funny because everyone else is reeling really, real chainmail, and he's, you
1: know, he's he's rolling up in his. He's uh, a little bit older, maybe they just. Number.
0: No, it looks good, but you know, if, if you know the look, you know what it is. But it might have just been more comfortable for yeah. him. It's an older actor.
1: Needs more movement.
0: He, again, he's another person who's played many villainous roles and has been a real politician too. Oh, wow. <laughs> Speaking of villainous, he's been in over 200 films. So he's, he's really got some acting chops. Yeah. And he actually is um, one of the poles that this film revolves around okay. as it jumps from era to other era. Uh, he's also had a, um, <laughs> I think a career as a, a television host for a game show.
1: Cool. <laughs> So he's done a bit of literally everything, really.
0: I also want to mention uh, an actor called um, Prabhaka, who is uh, playing the king of a group of people called the Kalakiyas, who basically, and I actually think this, I, I'm not informed enough about the politics there, but I think this may actually be a little bit racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be totally wrong, in which case I apologise. So why am I even mentioning it?
1: Because it just felt <laughs> it, it felt, felt a, bit a bit off. Wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, the uh, the are uh, dark skinned uh, Indians, they read a bit like barbarian orcs okay. from Lord of the Rings, because uh, they travel in big hordes. Sure. But um, Prabhakar is actually playing that really well. He okay. takes that role and he's like totally there to be this real mean nasty. Owning it. Owning it, yeah. And I think that's the thing, the key note in all of this film, these films, both of these, Bahubali 1 and 2, they both, everybody owns the roles that they've got there. Um, are these films spectacular? Are they what? Mm. I was watching these scenes like I was watching Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah, cool.
0: Occasionally the CGI lets them down, mm. but... A lot of the times in the big battles, you can't really tell. Uh, everything's really cleanly shot too. Well, they, They're they not afraid to go into slow motion to give you that epic sort of okay, feeling. cool. Uh, it's off planet, off the scale in some places along the way. Everything is monumental. Yeah, There's right. There's no such thing as a small building.
1: Nothing's done in halves. No.
0: There is a drawbridge in, in a castle in this that looks like Godzilla could cross on it.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> like... Really, it's just excess it's everywhere. It's excessive. That's great. The
0: statues that they have, again, like the um, the statues in Lord of the Rings mm. that uh, sit on the end of the river. Yeah, you know those two things that are like a thousand feet tall. Everything's big. Yeah, so I love big. it. And they, when they fall, they fall hard. Okay. Uh, the action, actual fighting, on both a uh, an army level and the individual stashes that the warriors get into. Amazing. Yep. Cool excessive use of what we would call in a waxia film string foo mm-hmm. uh, but excess is is the actual uh, watchword for these films uh, and they even use some of it for the dancing okay occasionally oh the dancing is there's so much of it it's so much fun you know so the singing the dancing all of that great fun uh and there are armored elephants in this, but no animals were harmed in the making of this because oh it's a lot of it's CG.
1: Fake animals. Uh, the
0: the, th- the family dynamic, as I was saying before, drives the film. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a very important there. Uh, there's a bit of a, a nod to democracy here because um, Bahubali is actually was a, a nice king. Okay. You know, he's not afraid to run around with the kids and <laughs> give food to the poor. And, <laughs> You know, but there are times when it gets absolutely stupid, like, um, during one of the big battle scenes, which I actually think is one of the most epic battle scenes I've ever committed to cinema, you know, in cinema. It's Mm. just unbelievable, (laughs) including the most, this is like an an Oscar category, the most amazing use of fabric. Okay. On a battlefield. Love it. Um... You can see I'm enthusiastic about this. One of the weird parts in the battlefield, the Bahubali gives such a rousing speech Mm. that a soldier who's had his leg chopped off jumps up onto the remaining leg (laughs) and says, I am with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you need to have a good, inspiring battle speech, I know,
0: but really. (laughs) I mean,
1: that's something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. the second one actually gets a lot more landscapy than the first one and you, you end up with these cities that uh, that glow in, in amazing ochre colours or sombre ochre and then they glow in the rose red of torchlight mm. and, and it's just Golden, you think it's amazing? It's like Rivendell. I expect to see <laughs> big, big piles of leaves being swept up by elves. And speaking of one of the most incredible moments, there's a, a ship in this that reminds me of the artwork of a guy called Rodney Matthews, mm-hmm. who did a, a compilation of um, his work called Last Ship Home. There is a ship in this that is the most mind boggling thing that I've seen in terms of uh, flying swan ships. <laughs> cool cool yeah um you know and and there's there's zany stuff too like um they have flying assault groups who are catapulted from palm trees that wrap themselves in their shields and then burst apart into individual fighting groups when they land inexplicably unharmed
1: wow
0: (laughs) does that do you think i've 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 expressed my amazement at this i can't even imagine it sounds
1: like there's a lot in there but i suppose it I mean, because it's two parts and each part is a decent runtime. Yes. They've got enough time to do all of that without it feeling too uh, busy.
0: Yeah. Um, yes, because I, like I said, if it has its faults, it's when it slows down too much into the palace intrigue. Sure. And they start getting caught up in the ritual of coronation. They
1: lose and, momentum a bit. Yeah
0: but, yeah. but when I say that, those are some of the most spectacular moments. Sure. No, just to just to, to quickly uh, outline one, there's there's a ritual where um, the queen mother has to walk along carrying a burning uh, pot on her head, you okay. know, with coals in it, and she's not allowed to. It's not, it that doesn't hurt her or anything. Yeah, right. She's not allowed to deviate or, or, or sidestep. Yeah, and the evolutions that her son goes to to ensure that nothing interferes with that are epic in themselves. Right. Okay. So even those little moments sort of push out into the uh, into the thing. So. If you've got Netflix or if you want to catch up with it on DVD, mm-hmm. um, Bahubali, and that's two A's, B-A-A-H-U-B-A-L-I, Bahubali, although I've actually seen it with one A, <laughs> Bahubali, one, the beginning, and two, the conclusion, are on Netflix now, and they are on DVD. Cool. <laughs> and it's just remarkable. When you watch an epic film that's uh, come out of an entirely different culture, but you understand all the tropes anyway.
1: I think that's so cool.
0: You know. Uh, I would give it a uh, um, oh, just a definite yeah. Nice. You know, I wouldn't swear because there's not a lot of swearing in this one. So. <laughs> just the,
1: just the. Um, would I Actually watched it on Mother's Day, so it's it
0: actually a good Mother's Day film too. Cool. Uh, all right, now um, we're going to go out actually with the Bowie track for today, mm-hmm. which is Karma um, Man. K H A R M A. So that's uh, riffing off our sort of Indian. Indian theme, and it just goes to show you that if you um, you do awful deeds in one life, they will be revisited upon you in the next, because that's what happens in Bahubali a lot.
1: That's it for Zero G for today. Yes, another show done and dusted. Thank you, Rob.
0: Hmm, thank you, Megan. We don't use the word dusted on Zero G <laughs> after good the Avengers. Point. <laughs> just <snapping it>